Welcome to a Wholeness Podcast, a healthy home for hair professionals and our clients. I'm your host, Fliss Downs, aka The Yoga Barber. Come on in. Hey, hey, beautiful beings, how are you going? I've already recorded this episode, but I decided to record it again because overnight I was just thinking, do I release this? Do I not? I don't feel like I recorded it well enough or I was too, what would I say, rigid with what I spoke about. And then I was thinking, well, the thing is, is like last week I shared on my episode how I'd previously wrote that out and I was going to be posting it as a blog post or a social media post. And at the same time as writing last week's episode out over uh, yeah, about a year ago, I also wrote this out as well. And I was starting to write a blog post about um, why I left the Lions. And so I was sitting there last night going, no, nah, that just wasn't good enough. I need to come in and do it again. So that's what I'm doing right now because I feel like I didn't really get my emotions stuck onto it. And I also felt it was quite rigid because I was purely just literally reading word for word which is the case it's what I want to do because I want to make sure this episode is going to be it's going to be a good episode right um and I want I want to be able to yeah get my point across without stumbling and falling and everything so anyway let's get on to it before I keep on babbling away so with yesterday being world mental health day this is another episode for the mental health series on a wholeness podcast so if you tuned into last week, you'll already know October is Mental Health Awareness Month here in Australia. So this episode is going to be another one which may have some triggering moments. So please make sure you're in a safe environment. And if you need help, please do reach out to a loved one or professional services. You'll actually find some helplines in Australia, the UK and New Zealand in my show notes. So please do take a look at them should you feel like you need some support around this topic or anything to do with mental health. Today I talk about why I left the Lions Barber Collective, a suicide prevention charity founded by Tom Chapman back in the UK. I've been raising funds for mental health charities since 2016. But over the last three years, I actually stepped away from the limelight and I took a back seat and I, I needed some time to ponder on some things. It was at the start of lockdowns in 2020 when I stepped away from advocating, supporting and fundraising for the suicide prevention charity. And I've got to say, it was challenging putting this into words when I wrote this about a year ago and it's also a little bit challenging to sit here and speak these words too and I've been sitting with this decision whether to share this or, or not for quite at some time um, but this is the right time to share this. So in October last year I completed 18 months of therapy and reflecting and looking back at that journey and self-witnessing the desperation I had and how I no longer wanted to be alive. I've wanted to express my experience of stepping away from the Lions Barber Collective for some years but hadn't known when and how. Seeming as suicide became a huge topic um, and back in the limelight once again last year due to Twitch ending his life through suicide and also to take us back to when Caroline Flack in 2019 also took her own life. I actually have this huge pull to put things into words and share it here. So going back to the first lockdown 
in April 2020, I found myself asking myself, how could I advocate for suicide prevention when I don't even want to be alive myself? I could and I still can empathise on such a deep level with those who have taken their own life and for those who wish to end their life. Now, I know people say suicide is a cowardly and selfish act, but I personally don't see it like that. Either at the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020, can't quite remember, my dad's wife said to me, do you not think it's selfish after all the hard work your mum and dad have put into you? And to which my reply was snappy. Do you not think it's selfish that my loved ones wants me to suffer and stay alive in pain and be hurting the way that I am? There's this huge feeling in me that the people who do end their own life are courageous and brave. And that may sound distorted to some of you. And believe me, I thought that too. But with the help from my therapist, I actually began to overcome that certain concern and feeling that and of course I know those who have ended their life through suicide they would have been in such a state that they wouldn't have even been thinking oh I'm courageous and brave I remember talking with my therapist trying to understand what it is within me and what the difference is to those who complete suicide and those who don't I believe in euthanasia and in 2020 before covid hit I even began to tell some of my friends that if when I'm 40, I'm still feeling the way I was, I would head to Europe to end my life through euthanasia. And I have never really truly looked into whether or not that that would be um, an acceptable, um, what would I say? I've never really truly looked into actually, you know, if somebody was wanting to end their life through euthanasia because of mental health conditions such as depression suicidal thoughts like I, I, I honestly I can say to you I don't know whether or not that is a legal thing and whether or not that that is something that these um, centers would do and whether or not it would be an actual medical reasoning for ending one's life through euthanasia done in that environment um now I I was starting to think about how I would prepare my loved ones for when that time came and what I was thinking was I want to throw a big party to celebrate the life that I've led and all the good times I've experienced, along with celebrating my decision to pass away gracefully, pain-free and peacefully without anyone having to find my body and with the result of them living with PTSD and all the other things that come along with finding somebody's body due to suicide. Now, it was almost like I wanted to mentally prepare my friends and family for my death the way that someone can due to another illness that takes lives, such as terminal cancer. People can understand why people wouldn't want to live no longer with an incurable condition, or if someone is a couch potato and has no quality of life, but they don't understand why people don't want to live with depression. I'm 34 now, and I'm six years away from that timeline I'd given myself. Note, I said... I had given myself. Today, I sit here now, right now, wanting a life filled with abundance and I want to live a long, fulfilling life too. And I know this is a very, very sensitive topic, 
And if any of my loved ones are out there listening to this, I want to reassure you tenfold, and believe me, I can only discuss this now because I'm the strongest I've ever been mentally. I have put in so much work to exercise my brain. I have been in therapy twice, and I even encourage myself to weave back into therapy into the future too. Not because of depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts, but because I'm so damn intrigued by my own mind how it works and why it works the way that it does. There is so much science around psychology and our brains are just bloody incredibly powerful. So going back to why I left the Lions in 2020 and sharing my story for raising awareness and funds, I felt if I was going to continue in that space, I would be a hypocrite encouraging others to stay alive when I didn't want to be alive myself. I no longer could stand up for something I didn't believe in. I'd previously been raising awareness and funds for a few years by that point, starting in 2016 when I ran half a marathon for Calm, a charity known as Campaign Against Living Miserably, a charity in the UK, moving on to raising funds under my 1000 Barbers project for Mental Health Foundation in New Zealand, also Movember in New Zealand, and finally the Lions Barber Collective. During those years, I completed a mental health first aid course twice. The first time was with Mind Charity in the UK and secondly with Calibrate and that was in Wellington over in New Zealand. And I also went on to complete the online and in-person education known as Barber Talk with the Lions Barber Collective. A couple of months prior to lockdown in 2020, I was also invited by Tom Chapman to help facilitate an in-person Barber Talk at a college over in Wales. I was basically in a prospect program to become an ambassador for the Lions Barber Collective and I was finally starting to feel I was being noticed and the hard work I'd put into raising awareness and raising funds was beginning to pay off. I also started getting more involved with the Lions community. Soon after that though I'd realised the thought pattern around how can I be supporting and advocating for a charity that's preventing people from ending their lives but yet I wanted to end my life I didn't quite understand why I was doing what I was doing and so therefore I felt like I had to back down because I would just be a hypocrite you know and so I also began to feel angry and frustrated and betrayed that despite all the work people were doing around the world for mental health the statistics were and still are increasing like the, the suicide statistics are not decreasing. They're not. We can't deny that. Every year, those numbers rise. And I went into a state of, well, what the fuck is the point if more and more people are dying due to suicide? I also wasn't witnessing change, and I wasn't witnessing things adamantly making a positive impact for people's mental well-being. I had literally, like, no proof. Like, in my books, I had no proof that things were getting better or that services in the world were making changes. All I had was proof that statistics were increasing, so therefore the proof is in the pudding, that no matter what influence, awareness and fundraising was happening, it was evident to me that the mental health advocacy movement was not helping people to the extent it should be. Surely, if all these services, charities and advocates were making an impact, then the suicide statistics should be decreasing, right? Or have I got that wrong? 
In the end, I ended up having very little faith in the future of the mental well-being of humanity. And I also got to the point where everybody says about like, oh, we need to talk more about it. Uh, Hello, do you not think we're already talking like a damn good amount about mental health and there is so much stuff out there, but nothing's actually shifting. So it's like, well, what, what needs to happen to actually decrease these statistics? Because all this talking... I've not seen no evidence that the talking is going to actually reduce the statistics. On a side note, though, among all of that, during the last few months of being part of the Lions, I witnessed similar energies beginning to unfold of what I'd witnessed throughout my entire career in the hair industry, which are common themes in the industry and ones I've previously talked about in my earlier episodes. The likes of unhealthy competition, bitchiness and backstabbing. I haven't stepped back into advocating for mental health and I've been out of the limelight since April 2020 because I've been on this journey of rediscovering myself and recovering myself as well. And ultimately, I didn't hold the answer to reducing my own depression, anxiety and suicidal thoughts, let alone the answer to reduce the statistics. All I had was a pattern, a continuous wave of being in a depressive state and then coming out of it to then going back to it until now, where I have personally found an answer. If you've listened to episode 18, Meditating Has Transformed My Mindset, you will have a little inkling as to what answer I have found. If you haven't already listened to episode 18, I highly recommend you do so, where I share part of my journey leading up to now, having been meditating for over 120 days. You may already guessed my answer to reducing depression, anxiety and suicidal thoughts. Meditating. That's right. I've managed to reduce and decimate my depression and suicidal thoughts without any form of counselling, therapy and without any medication or psychoactive drugs. I'm now, honestly, reaping the benefits and rewards from meditating. And now I have a whole new perspective on my own mental health, my overall well-being and my overall lifestyle. There's many benefits that come along with meditating, and to name a few, other than reducing anxiety, stress and depression, are a heightened state of self-awareness, increase of imagination and creativity, lowering resting heart rate and blood pressure, along with improving sleep quality. So if you're anything like me, a curious beaver, I go live on my social media platforms for a guided meditation every Sunday. And soon, I'll be opening up an opportunity for two people to be coached by myself through an eight-week meditation journey. So, if you experience anxiety, stress or depression, I can help you turn down those dials and bring joy into your life instead. Please, please know that I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a therapist, I've not been trained in counselling, I've not been trained in therapy. I'm literally here purely to witness your journey as you navigate life, just as what I'm doing. And if this is something that interests you, you can DM me via my Instagram account at the yoga barber or send me an email and make sure you put the subject meditation. On next week's episode, I share with you how I got turned down to be a participant for a DMT clinical trial. Stay tuned and stay real. Join me every Wednesday for a wholeness podcast. I'll catch you real soon. Peace, love and light.